This is Corporate Cafecito, where we discuss career development and entrepreneurial growth strategies. I'm Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Guez. Go get your cafecito and let's talk about professional growth. Well, welcome back for another episode here of Corporate Cafecito. Today's guest is Omar Sanchez, longtime friend and entrepreneur here in the city of Chicago. Welcome, Omar. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Um, it's an honor and pleasure to be here. Well, thank you. Tell us, tell us a little bit, uh, our listeners, a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Um, well, as you said, I'm Omar Sanchez. Um, I am a barber by trade, currently a realtor. Um, I never retired as a barber because it's an actual passion of mine. I'm um, a husband, father of two, born and raised in Chicago. My parents, uh, my father's from Oaxaca, Mexico, and my mom is from Ormigueros, Puerto Rico. So, you know, you got the Mexican-Puerto Rican mix here, and uh, I don't know if that's ever a good mix. It was uh, by the grace of God that I came out because I never have internal conflicts. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that's who I am in a nutshell. You know, I think, um, Omar, one, I, I think it's been really cool, like, Omar and I have known each other since we were born. Um, and it's just been so admirable. Like I think back to, you know, growing up and your house always had the best food and your mom always made the best desserts. But seeing you, like, I remember, you know, when you had your big fro and you're like, I'm going to barber school. And we're like, oh, this is so cool. And then you opening up your barber shop and then, you know, just seeing you evolve and evolve and evolve. And one thing that's always stuck with me is that everywhere you go, you build this culture where like you want to be a part of it. Like, you know, I walk into your barbershop and I have my boys and it just feels like home. Um, it feels like a family reunion. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about like some of your leadership traits or, or how you go about building something like that that's so warm so when when well thank you first of all for that um you know i worked hard at building that culture because and like you say it's really important when i approach business i always approached it how i would like it to be to me so if i walked into a place how i would like to be greeted the experience i would want to have um you know something that would keep me not only you know going there and and, and um you know buying their product but also being a, a patron of it, you know? So when I opened up the barbershop, I already had been to other barbershops and I knew what I didn't like, you know? So I said to myself, what's universally acceptable for everyone? And I said, a family environment. So when I set out to build the barbershop, that's what I wanted to. And um, especially a barbershop in the urban setting always had a negative connotation. And I wanted to break that. I wanted to make sure that whenever someone came to a Latino barbershop, per se, that they could say, wow, this is really nice to be here. You know, we can have our moms here. We can have our sisters here, you know, because it's a barbershop. It's an intimidating, you know, atmosphere to be in for, for a, a, a person, a female person, uh, a lady, or, or just anyone in general, you know, um, especially the barbershop that I built. We have 16 chairs in there. So when you have about 14, 15 barbers and you just see, you know, you see it happening, it could be a little daunting. So I wanted to make sure everyone felt welcome, you know. I wanted some place where, um, you know, you could have your, your, your grandparents be there, you know, and it's a respectful environment. So uh, I worked hard to make sure that my barbers knew that. Um, and it took some time because when we first opened up there at, 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 um, in the Belmont Cragen area, it was heavily gang infested. And there was a barbershop that was down the block that 
in a sense, tailored to that element. And I made sure I didn't want that in our barbershop. So I actually physically fought. I mean, I mean, literally, I fought with a gambanger because I told him to uh, straighten out his hat. And he didn't like that, you know. But I'll be honest with you, in the first, you're talking about 2003 and four when we first opened, you know, these guys would sit down and literally try to serve their drugs out of the chair. And I had to like confront dudes that had teardrops tattooed right by their eye, tell them, hey, this ain't the place, my man, you know? And, and I think it was the approach that I, I, I came to them and told them, um, you know, I didn't want to like make them feel unwelcome, but then I did want to make them feel unwelcome just to make sure that this wasn't that place. So the music is a big deal. Uh, um, your, 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 your attire is a big deal. And then your approach. So it was always, hey, how are you? How can I help you? You know, welcome, you know, just making them feel uncomfortable because I don't want them to feel like this is the place that they could hang out. I just want them to come in, get your hair cut, and get out of here. And that that, that was the approach I did. So um, word spread. Thankfully, a word spread. And, and, and we just had more and more families come in. And, uh, you know, to what it is now, it's a neighborhood staple. It's amazing. So talk to us a little bit about more of that community aspect. I remember during Hurricane Maria, I know that there was some connection to the barbershop and the hurricane relief efforts that you were doing. So talk about that 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 piece of giving back to the community because you're really big on that. So, you know, I always, one of the things, like you say, you know, you give back to a community that gives to you. Um, it was when Hurricane Maria happened, uh, a lot of, so a lot of my barbers are from Puerto Rico. You know, they, they are, they have family there. And, um, you know, they left Puerto Rico because the, the, the economic conditions weren't ideal for them. And these are highly talented individuals. You know, in Puerto Rico, the, the, a haircut with a shave, you know, was going for seven or eight bucks, you know, and, and by the time they got here to Chicago, you know, we're charging 10, 15 at that time, you know, and now yeah, the prices because of, of the current, you know, situation, you, you, these guys are making great money, you know, and, and so they came here and, um, I saw that pain in their heart and I wanted to help, you know, that even though I'm born and raised in Chicago, I have family out there as well. They're, most of my family's here in Chicago. So there's like one thing I left over there, you know, and of course, naturally we checked on her. She was fine. You know, the, the, the family was able to, to take care of her, you know, they went over there, but you know, the people were, were, were hurting and I saw an avenue that we can provide by having a hub where people can bring stuff to. And I connected with, um, at the time, La Casa um, Potorriqueña, which was on Division in um, California. And um, when, when we found out that they were collecting, I said, fine, we'll have a hub here. And we collected a, a load of stuff from water to clothing to actual money. And once we had it um, going, we went and we dropped it off. And it was just, it was good to see that, that, that the community came together. And not only that, but we also did that for a barber. His house burned down. I don't know if I you remember, remember that. Yeah, I dropped yeah. off my boys' clothes. Um, yes, yes. So, you know, we had a barber who l l narrowly escaped death. I saw the, the the camera video where he jumped out of his, his um, window because the house caught on fire, you know. And, and here's a guy who jumped out a window, caught his kid, caught his wife. It's just the wildest thing I ever saw, you know, and they lost everything in, in, in the blink of an eye. So we also used our platform and, and our community and it came together. Um, they raised they raised several thousand dollars to help them um, and brought clothing and, and articles of, 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 you know, shoes, accessories, book bags, you name it. And, you know, we've been blessed to have such a huge amount of clientele and following to 
not only do that, but hold our back to school yearly thing that um, where we give out backpacks with school supply. And, and it's to me, it's small. It's a little it's, it's, a, it's the smallest thing we could the least we can do, you know, to give back to the community because they've just been there for us for so long and they've supported us through, you know, you figure from 2003. Here we are in 2022, you know, or, I'm sorry, 2002. And here we are in 2022. We just hit 20 years. You know, thank God. That was pretty cool. That was really cool. <laughs> you know, I, I I know that you're all about giving to the community. When I think about the culture you build and uh, when we were talking earlier, I, I said, you know, it just feels so warm to walk into your establishment that I always bring like cookies or food or something for the guys. They've been trying to make it look nice in a little basket. It's because you guys always go above and beyond. And you said, I'm not the only one, right? Like you said, a lot, a lot of people do this. And I want to share a little story about Omar because Alejandro had a hard time with getting his hair cut. I remember that. And Omar would cut his hair while he was asleep. Yeah. And it was just like so beautiful that mm -hmm. that kind of attention, that kind of detail is why you become a hub in the community mm -hmm. because you you care so hard. And I know if you did it for me, your big heart would do it for. Well, it's funny you say that because I actually went to your house to cut his hair yeah. and he was literally in bed. And I, and I said, you know, I'm going to do this. I want him to. I believe you had something happening and you needed his hair cut, you know, yeah. so I'm like, I'll do it, you know. Um, I've done that for numerous people and like this is the first time anyone's hearing of it. I don't, I don't, I'll go to people's houses and cut their kids hair if need be. We've had um, kids that have, um, you know, like autistic kids we've had come in there, kids with disability, um, auditory disability and loud noises hurt them. So I'll turn off the TV or I'll turn on the TV and put on cartoons. We'll, we'll shut it. We'll shut everything down for everyone else just to focus in on those kids. And um, it's funny because barbers are afraid to, to cut kids hair and it's extremely easy in my opinion. Uh, I had this one kid where he snot will come out of his nose. I'm sorry, but he was crying so hard, but I get the job done, you know, but the reality is, is, is they need a haircut. There's a job to do. I'm going to get it done. And where other barbers would run from it, I, I'm, I love a challenge. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I want to get this haircut. I promise you. <laughs> so maybe I do it just because I want to do it. You know, like I just want to defeat it, you know. But um, no, I know it serves a higher purpose for, for people. You know, a haircut, surprisingly, though something that we need is something that makes people feel great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, everyone feels great after a haircut. Like they just want to go out. They feel like a champ. They feel like they want to go and conquer the world. Once they walk out of that salon chair or the barber chair, you know, and, and it's to me, I, I love the fact that I'm able to make happiness for someone for that moment in time. Right. Um, and 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 I think that's part of the passion because there's artists tree there's there's art there's an artistic value to it and uh, i get to express that on people and 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 sometimes when when you're able to tell them hey let me try something on you and then you know change their whole hairstyle um and you see their eyes light up you know they're like yeah that, that's it how did you do that you know can can you come to my house and do that every morning i'm like no but <laughs> i get it you know they, they feel great so you know it's, it's a good thing you make other people feel good it's 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 rewarding we're going to refresh our cafecito. While we do that, visit our website, corpcafecito.com, for more information on how to contact Mario or me.
share with us some common principles that you've used because I know I met you back in 07 mm-hmm. and you had that thriving barbershop which is still thriving right now but you've made some pivots to other other entrepreneurship endeavors yeah. Yeah. so and you've been successful at them yeah. right yeah, yeah. everything you touch I'm gonna call you King Midas well, but <laughs> not gold yeah you know you gotta get to the gold right it's like, right. I wish it was that easy because then I would pivot to a, a gazillion things in my mind that I want to pivot to already right, right? Um, it takes time and it takes effort. So, you know, the barbershop wasn't successful overnight. I remember sitting there for, so I started out working six days a week. And, you know, on the seventh day, when, when we're supposed to rest, I went in there and I cleaned, you know. Um, so I, I, I really busted my butt to make sure it was going to succeed. I didn't have failure as an option. You know, we went through some hard times in the beginning. It was rough, but I wanted to get through it because I saw something that was worth it. I have pivoted from cutting hair to being a real estate agent. Um, the pandemic opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, and it's crazy because even as of right now, you know, your eyes keep opening. Um, it, it never stops, right? You have epiphanies coming left and right. But um, from the barbershop, I did sell the barbershop, but I'm still a part of it to a certain degree. Um, the new owner, his name is Nick. He's doing a fantastic job. And, you know, I worked to try to keep it up with him. Um, that was part of the, the the deal, but it's still my baby to a certain degree. I feel that, you know, and I I, I always want to go in there. And when you walk in there, you see all these faces that you, hey, hey how you doing? How you been? You know, so, um, but I pivot from that. But from the barbershop, it did help a lot because of a network. And, you know, you guys have spoken on network, which is an important thing. Networking is everything. My barbershop network really propelled my real estate career, you know, and the lessons that I've learned from networking in the barbershop, um, which is the best referral is word of mouth, right? Right. Free advertising. Mm -hmm. It holds harder than anything else, you know, from a rather whether a print ad, it's it's, it's the (laughs) best. So I try to approach that with real estate, with all my um, clients, previous, past, present, you know, I always try to say, hey, if you know anyone, if you know anyone looking to buy or sell or rent or whatever, let them know I'm here. I'm, I'll do whatever. And they do refer because that's how I built the barbershop. We we, we opened in 2002 before social media. What was it? MySpace, you know, yeah. and like you didn't have this Instagram or Facebook, which is such a blessing today because it's free and it's just work. But, um, you know, I was able to pivot to real estate and, and it's a new curve. It's a new learning lesson. I've had my failures and I've had my successes and, and, you know, but it's starting over again and I'm rebuilding. And that's, that's the hard part, you know, because kind of like what you said, it's, it's, it feels like I had something golden and it was going great, but I, I see something a little bit bigger and better here in real estate. And it is, it is building wealth. And, you know, I failed at real estate even before when I was a barber, I had, I, the old seven, um, the old seven oh eight bust really hit me hard. I had to do, I did a bankruptcy. You know, and I, I make I, I am not ashamed of that. I had to bankrupt everything. Um, here I am in 2010 doing a bankruptcy, about to have my first child, um, engaged like like it was a tsunami of stuff. You know, I lost four properties that had all together seven units, you know, that were all rented out, you know, and it's like to lose all of that. And and then you're like, what am I going to do? And my wife's pregnant. Like, this is insanity, you know, so. Yeah. And and most people would be like, I'm never touching real estate again. I'm like, no, to me, you know, education is a great equalizer, right? And as far as business, I think real estate is a great equalizer too. You know, I don't care. I've, I, I, the people I've met in real estate, 
and you see their humble beginnings coming from another country and here they are successful it, to me it's the great equalizer you know and anyone can do it so long as you put your passion into it you work at it it's not turnkey it's not easy because people think even i've had to tell new barbers i walk in because i like to mentor some barbers you know, I try to teach them, like, hey, dude, don't be a one-trick pony. You can't do the same haircut on, on the next 100 people, you know? But, you know, I, I, I try to help them out. Sometimes they see you, they see your success, and they think that you woke up and were handed that, you know? Sure. It's like, no, yeah. dude, this took a lot. This took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, literally. Like, this takes some time. So I find myself now with real estate because it's only been, I just went, I'll be three years in, 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 in March of 2023. But I'm restarting again. And and there are some ups and downs. Um, you know, and I still cut hair because when you've been cutting hair for 20 plus years, you do have um, a, a clientele that will not go anywhere else. But I enjoy it. Like, that's my therapy. <laughs> right. I swear to you. Like, it, it, I sit down with other, with my clients who I consider, some of them feel like brothers to me at this point, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, you know, you just let it out. So I don't need to see a physical, I don't need to see like a psychiatrist. Like, I just like, hey man, this is going on, hear me out. And they're like, cool, <laughs> now you hear me out. <laughs> so it is, that's what it is. Yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a beautiful thing. And I, honestly, if if once the way I have my real estate plan, once I have my, my, my rental units all going, the ones that I'm working all on, I plan on just cutting hair. Like hopefully, I see this little old man on, on and uh, right by Elmwood Park, and he's, he's he looks like he's in his 80s. He's a one man barber shop. And he's still cutting hair, and that's passion to me. I I could be that little old man. I'll be that guy. Wake up in the morning. Let me go cut four or five heads. Like that's my end game right there. You know. Got it. So yeah. If you need a haircut, you know, <laughs> get my get my number. I still cut hair. I mean, I'm still licensed, and I never <laughs> will get rid of that thing. So. <laughs> I think that's been a really phenomenal story, Omar. Thank obviously, you, you know Thank that. You. We we love and respect everything you do. It's it's really funny. I was Appreciate telling uh, I was telling Omar, I'm like, even when you tried to walk away from a, the barber shop, my yeah. dad would still be like, "Voy con Omar, me va a cortar el pelo." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would tell him like, I don't think he's doing that anymore. He's like, Oh no, he is. Um, <laughs> and it's because of that personal yeah. touch that you give everybody that just makes it feel like home. Yeah. Well, you know, her dad is my padrino, and I, I if he calls and asks me for a haircut, I'm going to make time for him. And that's like certain people in my life are just that important that no matter what, I'm going to make time for them. Yeah. You yeah. know, because they've made time for me. It's yeah. just, yeah. to me, that's just the least I could do. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for being here and sharing your, your story, uh, you know, and, and just being so open about it. And yeah, there's challenges, right? We all encounter challenges, but how we, how we approach them, right? What, mm-hmm. how, and I think you're a master at seeing the opportunity and the challenges to come out stronger. Absolutely. So thank you so much for, for being here. Hope everybody enjoyed uh, the podcast we're with Chicago premier entrepreneur, Omar Sanchez. <laughs> thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. And join us next time. Uh, we'll keep bringing these beautiful and special and successful guests to share their stories so that we can learn from each other and build a stronger community. Thank you, everyone. Corporate Cafecito was produced in beautiful downtown Oak Park at Boulevard Studio. Audio engineer and editor is Mike Mitchell. We're available on every podcast platform.